This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 218. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Colored Pencil Podcast, where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts... Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hey there, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com. I'm recording another solo show for you today, and today is a holiday in the United States of America. It's Labor Day, and I wanted to talk to you about something that has sort of been on my mind. I've gotten several email responses recently from some of my students, and I'll read you a snippet from one of them in particular. It kind of summarizes the whole sentiment that I've been getting quite often uh, lately. Uh, So let me pull this piece out, and she says, I find it incredibly difficult choosing my own colors, and I realize what a mistake it has been to follow YouTube videos and slavishly copy every step. It has taught me nothing, and now I have to try to figure it all out. I am so annoyed at myself, but I'm so glad that I found you. And better late than never. And then she goes on, she talks, she's uh, finishing up the Beginner's Colored Pencil course, uh, and she's done a, a wonderful job on everything. And she says, that now she's apprehensive about sorting out skin tones um, without some step-by-step instructions. Um, and she's, uh, she's going to be taking the face value course. That's her next course she's going to be taking inside the Sharpened Artist Academy. Uh, well, so the thing is, and I already replied to her, but um, I do give a little more hand-holding, especially in the early parts of the face value course. Um, and, you know, I don't just throw you in the deep end of the pool and tell you to figure it all out, nor do I do that in the beginner's course. But I prompt students and push them very hard to figure out how to determine the colors are going to be using. You know, we go over color matching color theory quite a bit. We do that in the face value course as well. But it got me thinking about something in particular with regard to copying in general. Should we beat ourselves up? Should we say, oh, it's awful that I've been copying another person's process. There are little packets that you can buy from some color pencil artists uh, that come in the mail and uh, they'll have like uh, instructions. They'll have uh, a copy of the photo reference, a copy of their work that they completed from the photo reference. Uh, sometimes they don't even have the photo reference. They just have a copy of their artwork, you know, uh, that you're supposed to copy. And then they talk about every, within every single layer or piece of the line drawing, and they give you the line drawing, they talk about every uh, stroke that you're going to make. I, I, you think I'm kidding. I'm really not. It comes with a chart a lot of times on exactly what colors to use. They 
spell out every single color. They even have a substitute list of colors that you could substitute, but don't vary from that. Don't stray from what the uh, instructions are. Uh, they tell you exactly the, uh, they have a little chart, a little key for the value um, for very light, light, medium, dark, very dark, very, very, very dark, or very, very dark. Uh, the stroke, uh, whether it's going to be vertical or diagonal or the horizontal movement of a brush, uh, there's uh, it, uh, the list goes on and on. There's pressure points. Uh, there's uh, VS for very sharp. There's S for sharp. There's SD for slightly dull. There's uh, The list can go on and on and on. And I'm not making this up. You might be listening to this and thinking, oh, he's getting a little dramatic. He's, uh, uh, he's really exaggerating, right? No, no, I'm really not. I wish I was, but I'm not. And so that the problem is it doesn't teach you a whole lot. But what about when you're just starting out? Now, you can get real complicated and try to copy every single stroke and arm movement that somebody makes. Tell them maybe exactly how to sit, exactly how to position their head, how to position their wrist, how to position their fingers, and then every single stroke of the pencil. The problem is, you didn't tell them why. So the problem is not that we're copying something. That, that isn't the problem. That's a symptom of the problem. And I don't think it's bad to copy what someone else is doing. I, I don't think that derivative works, if we want to put it that way, where someone has created something original. You copy that process and you learn by copying that process. In the beginning, I don't think that's bad. When it's excessive and when you have to tell them every little uh, you know, stroke of the pencil and you have to follow a chart then I don't think it's anything more than a paint-by-number. And I don't think it's much more than just a craft tutorial. When you're not talking about why someone is making the choices that they're making, and you're not instructing a student on why they would do something, and then how that's done, you're showing a technique, but you're, more importantly, talking about why you're employing a technique, then I think that just becomes a lot of noise. So if you're learning to copy for the sake of learning to copy, and all you ever do is copy, and you make derivative works, and you are never the originator of your artwork, then you're not moving on to the next level. And I would say that you're stunting your growth by repeating the same type of tutorial over and over and over again. You know, it may be a different subject. It might be a different um, set of materials that you're using. But if you're copying another person's process constantly and you're not learning how to think for yourself as an artist, then there comes a point in time where that just becomes a, a habit and it doesn't lead to growth and to a real problem. Because <clears throat> I believe that there needs to be a problem um, and you need to feel uncomfortable. You don't need to be held by the hand every moment and you need to push yourself. And that's really what I do inside the Sharpened Artist Academy is I encourage and push students to make them uncomfortable 
and to challenge them to do something that is outside of their comfort zone and outside of the area of experience for themselves. And then I really want to push them to fail and to create something that's ugly. Um, the reason for that is because that's how you grow. That's how you learn. You've got to mess up some stuff before you can get some things right. Because only after you start messing up some things and getting some things uh, looking bad, do you understand why that occurred. And do you understand why it didn't work out the way that you planned? And so then the job of the artist is to backward deconstruct the issue and to figure out how do I then correct it? Not to throw it away unless there's no other alternative, but to push forward and to say, okay, I made the mistake. I got to live with it. Now, what can I do to correct it? I like to come alongside that artist, have them send me their work that they're working on. And I record a video critique of what I'm seeing in the piece and what I think is missing. I look at the reference that they're using and then I look at their piece and then I give it back to them. I give them the problem again, let them own that problem back and then watch them correct those things. And I love, I love to see that growth when somebody actually listens, takes the critique for the good of what was delivered, and then they learn by that and grow, and they make some corrections. There's nothing that is as exciting to me as just that. I mean, it's it's really, uh, it's why I do what I do. It's so, so exciting, and it's how I spend a lot of my day. I'm usually sitting behind the microphone and the camera, and I'm recording one-off video critiques uh, for students. Uh, Not because that's a real efficient use of my time, but because I love doing it. And it's, it's fun to interact with the students and to see your growth and to see, you know, how far you can take it and, and to look back at where you started and then to see where you are now and, and to know that, Some who begin in a spot where they're even embarrassed about what they're doing um, and then to move beyond that and to be able to start showing in shows and to start uh, earning commissions and selling their work and the list can go on and on. All right. So to be clear, I'm not against copying. I'm not against uh, having step-by-step instructions for you if you're beginning or if you've um, not done something for a while and you're coming back to art and maybe you're wanting to figure out how to just get started, that kind of thing. Um, I don't think it's bad. Uh, I think it's a good place to start. The thing I'm against is where you are wanting to stay there and you don't want to grow and you've done a few of those or one or two and for me, I always have to think, bring this back to myself and think about where I was and what I started out doing. And it only took one or two of those kind of things for me to say, okay, if I stay just copying other people's process, I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to learn some of these other essential things that I know I need to learn. You know, if somebody else is doing it for me and I'm just copying what they said to do, how is that learning? How am I really learning that? Uh, it, it, I liken it to these math teachers that, that I've had in the past, and you've had them as well. I know everyone in their life at some point or another has had a bad math teacher. I don't care what 
uh, kind of math you're talking about, but there are those that can teach math, and then there are those that are just really good at math but cannot teach. Um, in math, I mean, it's just such a linear type of uh, subject matter, and if you know how to do it well, does not that does not mean that you know how to teach it. And most of the math teachers that I had that were horrible uh, would just – you know, if you if you had a question, you're like, I don't understand uh, that step right there where you did this. And then all of a sudden you applied uh, this rule. They'd be like, OK, let's go to another example. And then they would show you another whole example. And they wouldn't start at the point where you needed to start. And they wouldn't talk about the thing that you're grappling with. But they would give you another easy example and then they'd say, okay, now go do those 40 problems. And the examples were always easier than the problems were. And you're like, <laughs> okay. After a while, you figure out that person doesn't know how to teach math. They know how to do math. And then if you have, if you go up and you, you say, hey, but what about this one? <laughs> Here's all these exceptions. We never did this in the examples. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, the, you do this, this, and this, and this. And then they just do it for you. Did I learn how to handle that particular type of math? No. I just learned that they knew how to do math really well. Now, there are some math teachers who knew exactly what to do, and they, they knew exactly how to explain the process and how to shed some light on something that would be outside of the norm, and they could uh, explain how to arrive at the answer regardless of what the problem was or the example was. Now, this, I mean, this uh, kind of parallel could break down uh, quite quickly if we uh, kept talking about it, I suppose. What about in the case where there's a specialized technique, where somebody says they've invented a new technique? And I, I like those kind of things. Uh, and I've uh, taken uh, workshops, many workshops, and, uh, you know, M-I-N-I, -I, many workshops, uh, these smaller workshops, and Things where something's a little bit out of the norm, like there's some specialized technique that I'm not familiar with and uh, maybe using like the Icarus board and color pencil or, uh, you know, using a, um, uh, I don't know, just you, you name, name whatever it is you want. I mean, if you're talking about, you know, maybe I've only used very, very soft lead pencils, maybe the consistency of like a, an 8B pencil and all of a sudden somebody... Uh, who I admire, I look at their finished product, I see their artwork, and they're using a pencil lead that is closer akin to maybe like a 2B type of experience, and I like the result that they're getting. Maybe I find out that they're teaching somewhere, they're, they're holding a workshop, and I'm, I'm just dying to figure out how it is that they achieve this particular result. I may I might want to go to that. I I might want to enroll in that workshop and find out a little bit more about their technique. Why? So that I can copy their technique and everyone will think that I'm them. No, that's not the reason. It's so that I can let I can I can get more information and I can let that influence my work a little bit. Maybe there's something a little hurdle in my own process that I'm wanting to 
uh, you know, climb over that little that little hill there. And they've got something that I think might help me with that process. That's why I would do that. Not that I can so that I can copy their technique. And I've seen this done. You've seen some very specialized techniques, especially in re- with regard to colored pencil. I mean, there's some things that some people uh, do that are very uniquely their own kind of uh, style. And when you see their work, you know immediately that that's that person's work and that there's no mistaken uh, who created that piece of artwork. You know, they don't even need to have a signature on there because you know that's belonging to them. Heather Rooney, I think, would be a good case in point. I mean, if you if you saw a celebrity colored pencil piece and it had flat, you know, the horizontal lighting, like a flash photography lighting or something like that, and it had a white background, uh, and it and it was uh, realistic, you know, it was like photorealism, um, even before, quote-unquote, photorealism, even before you saw who created that, and especially if you saw it on YouTube, um, most often you would think, you would attribute that to Heather Rooney, wouldn't you? Um, and you wouldn't think anything about it. You would immediately know that's her, especially if it's sped up in the time-lapse, you know, it has a stop-gap motion, and there's music playing in the background, no talking, um, then you would know that's her video, that's her artwork, because it's a celebrity piece, and that's that's got to be her. Now, once in a while, there'll be somebody that will do something similar to that, and it won't be Heather Rooney. But they probably, they might have been inspired by Heather Rooney, right? And so then they looked at what she was doing and then they decided, oh, I'm going to go ahead and and do that sort of thing. I admire that. Uh, I, I could see that happening. And I think I have seen that before. Um, but I'm not talking about uh, you know, just YouTubers. I'm talking about uh, artists um, it, it showing in the real world and galleries and places like that. And they have some specialized techniques and they teach workshops around the country. Um I, I don't want to copy their process be, uh, verbatim, and I don't want to become a copyist and create derivative artwork that looks just like this other person. Well, since we're talking about it, uh, Heather Rooney in particular, um, <laughs> I've gotten a lot of emails um, within recent months asking a little bit more about her. And just in full transparency, I mean, I have invited her to uh, be interviewed on the show and never heard from her. She doesn't respond much to uh, even comments on her YouTube channel. So I'm not going to hold my breath for that. I I wouldn't think that that's ever going to happen. But some of the questions are things like, um, how does she have just like a photographic memory? Does she, um, uh, does she use a projector? Uh, Does she use a grid system? Does she freehand? Uh, The list goes on and on. Well, you know, I, I mean, you don't, you only have to look at a few of her drawings to be able to tell that she's probably more than likely tracing the outline um, and I don't know if she uses a projector. She could be using a projector. You can. It's easy to um, keep that out of your video and then just show uh, the other parts that you want to include. I don't know how she's getting uh, the line drawing on there. You do see her drawing a line drawing most of the time at the beginning of her videos now. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure how she's getting that on there. What, what I do know is, it, is this, that the, the finished product that she comes up with um, is compelling and uh, people enjoy it. They like to see it. They like to watch the process. And so 
Uh, I think she's done a great job. She knows value. She knows color. Uh, she She's an excellent artist. The finished product is beautiful. She does do celebrity art, and that's, you know, that's the choice that she made. It kind of falls into a gray area of derivative work, really. But a celebrity, I suppose, could take her to court, and uh, they would probably win. But is that likely to happen? Probably not. Okay, I don't know how I got down that rabbit hole. But anyway, no matter what it is that you're working on, though, I, I just want to encourage you to make up your own stuff. Be an innovator. Uh, be an innovator, not an imitator. I think that's a quote from somebody. I, I don't know who it is, but uh, I think I've read that somewhere along the line. Uh, and I like that. You know, it, it don't it, imitation is. Isn't there a, another quote along that line? I mean, imitation. What is it? The, the sincerest form of flattery, and that makes sense, right? I mean, if you want to pay someone a compliment, uh, imitate them, and <laughs> you're paying them a compliment. So, in the point of you know, uh, ripping someone else's artwork off and passing it off as your own online or something like that, that's not very complimentary, and that's that's not what I'm talking about. Um, but imitating someone's process is what I'm really talking about. But I want to encourage you today to move past that point, especially if you're a beginner. One of the saddest things to me is when a beginner artist starts talking about how that they, you know, they they took a class or a workshop or course or something and they uh they learned something or they read a book and they copied the tutorials and then they say, "And now I'm going to read another book on how to begin in colored pencil or i'm going to i'm going to take another beginner workshop or something like that instead of talking about moving past that point so that's my simple encouragement to you today is to push yourself outside of that area of comfort everything great begins outside of your comfort zone Everything that you may become, and I can't wait to see what kind of artist you will become when you push yourself, when you go past the limit, when you tell yourself, I'm not going to do whatever it was that I've done before that kept me from achieving what I want to achieve. I, I'm not going to follow another process of someone else. Again, I'm going to try to push myself in an area that makes me uncomfortable in an area that I know I'm not good at. And I'm going to see what happens. Now I'm going to figure it out and I'm not going to stop until I figure it out. And I'm not going to get tired of it. I'm not going to allow myself to just get all weary and feel bad about the process because it doesn't happen as quickly as what I want. I'm going to be excited about this new journey. And, you know, if you're that person right now, if you're that artist in that place where you know you need to push forward and go to the next level and do something that's original, maybe for the first time in your life, you're going to draw something that you thought of, that uh, originated with you, that you went out and you took a photo, even from your cell phone, and you decided to draw that very thing. If that's you, I want to hear from you. I want you to email me if you would, please. And I want to hear about it. And I want to see the, the photo reference. And I want to see your artwork. Um, I get excited about that kind of thing. 
And, uh, you know, whether you ask for a critique or not, that doesn't matter. I mean, if you want one, I'll give you one. But I, I just wanted, I want to know what you're working on. I would love to see it. And I want to be your biggest cheerleader. All right. That's my show today. I hope you're having a relaxing weekend and a holiday weekend where you're not, I hope you're not working retail and you're able to spend some time with friends and family and relax. This is the Colored Pencil Podcast. This is a weekly show, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.